Hello everyone, my name is Phil Friend and welcome to the latest Gear, Gadgets and Gizmos podcast in association with RIDC, the Research Institute for Disabled Consumers. This is the place where disabled people and their supporters talk about the stuff they use to get round some of the barriers their disabilities throw at them. I'm delighted to uh, have with me today, well not with me physically but certainly on the phone, uh, an old chum of mine, Rick Williams. Um, Rick Good of you to spare the time. Tell us a bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Um, well, uh, <laughs> where do you start with that sort of question? So I, I run a um, management consultancy primarily around disability and equality issues. So we go into organisations and advise them on how they might do things differently, look at some of their policies, look at their websites, yeah. anything that where disability and equality touches their organisation, we can help them develop their approach. That's the primary role that um, I have these days. We've been doing that for about 20 years. And you live where, Rick? Uh, we, we're based in Brighton. I live in Brighton, right. uh, which is a nice place to live. Um, and it's quite convenient for trotting up to London and various other places where we work yeah. a lot of the time. And you have a sight impairment. Do you want to talk a little about how that affects you? Yeah. Um, I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. So until I was about 12 or 13, it didn't really affect me that much. And then it started gradually getting a bit difficult. Um, I lost the ability to read when I was about 17. And thought my sight deteriorated. I probably went totally blind in my mid-40s. Right. I don't even have light perception now. Right, um, and and that's really the sort of thing that ultimately led me into sort of doing some of this type of work because obviously uh, I have a personal interest as well as a professional one. Yeah, yeah. So as you know, the the purpose of this podcast is to do a couple of things. Really, one is to hear your sort of top three gadgets or things that you use to get round issues that your sight impairment you know confronts you with. So. What is the number one out of your list? What what thing do you jumps off the page as number one? Oh, I think without a question, the thing that's made the biggest change in my life, both personally and professionally, is talking tech. Um, and that's been around for many years now. It's a bit primitive in the 80s. Uh, it's a lot, lot better now. Still have some challenges. And I guess for me, my ultimate piece of kit is the iPhone. Right. Um, the, the iPhone is one of the things that Apple have done, which I think is a lesson, um, is they've designed all of their kit to be used as best it can be uh, out of the box by a range of people with different access needs. So, for example, iPhone, iPad have all got built-in screen readers. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of people don't even know that, but they do have and of course, it's, uh, it means you don't have to lay out a fortune on buying a bit of software to uh, get your kit to talk. And it's because it's designed to be an integrated part while they do, it is quite astonishing. What about, so just going back to talk tech, how does that work? What is What exactly does it do? Right, well, screen readers or text-to-speech is another way people describe it. What it does is it um, essentially reads out what's on the screen. Um, there are limitations to that, of course, mm -hmm. um, and there are difficulties with some some 
aspects of it. Um, but what it does is it enables you to be able to sort of send email, use a spreadsheet, use Word, track websites. There are limitations depending how well they designed them. And, and is it, it usually used on, on a on a desktop? Is that where you would primarily I've use got that? a I've got a screen reader on a desktop. I've had a desktop screen reader since probably the mid nineties. Right. They've come a long way in that, but they're still and there are a few free versions now, but the sort of the one recognised to be the best is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people can't That's afford Jaws, them. is it? Is that what we're talking Jaws, about? Jaws, yeah, yeah. about eight hundred quid. Yeah, for the initial money. outlay, which is quite a lot of money. Yeah. It's an incredibly sophisticated program. So it's been designed and they update it all the time to help you manipulate information to make it easier to read. Mm-hmm. If you think about how you might scan a screen, you might go onto a web page and scan it very quickly at all the options that are there within, you know, seconds maybe you've decided where you need to go next. If you uh, use a screen reader, you only have one point of contact with that screen at any one time. Mm. And that can be a very small part of the screen, obviously. Um, You know, one word at a time, really. So if you go onto a website and there's 80 links on it, which wouldn't be unusual, um, I would have to find ways of short-circuiting reading every, every bit of that page before I knew where I wanted to go and get a feel for what's on it. Yeah. So Tech Talk was an early incarnation. You moved on to talk about the the very, I mean, not so new now, is it? Apple's iPads and iPhones and yeah. so on. But, but obviously you use those routinely for, as we all do, for phone calls and messaging and so on and so forth. Is there anything specific about the iPhone, other than what you've already said to do with, you know, their own screen readers and so on? Is there anything specific? Is there an app or something that you use which really helps you that's a bit more sort of um, recent? Well, there's a number of apps that have been written specifically that are quite useful. Um, so there's a number now of navigation apps right. for visually impaired people. Um, some, some are better than others. Um, but essentially, if I wanted to go somewhere by myself, you can, you know, you have a walking sat-nav right. in, in a sense for a visually impaired person. Um, there are other apps that I use one in particular I think is quite good where you if you're on a train one of the problems has always been uh, knowing when to get off yes absolutely it's a bit easier now with automatic um, announcements but even so yeah um, and they've got apps now that will tell you where you are or alert you when you're a couple of minutes before your station stop those sorts of things which are very useful do they have names and, can you remember the names of these or any of these apps? um that one's called My Journey. My Journey. Um, but if you go onto the Apple website, they list on their, uh, what do they call it, Apple Viz, part of their website, they list all of the apps that people with visual impairment might find useful. And that's Apple Viz, that is it, Rick? F-I- uh, I, think, I think it's V-I-S, actually. V-I-S, but, okay. Yeah, Apple Viz. Right. Um, but there's a number of... of, of um, a lot of people use. I mean, there, there are now sort of um, games that you can play for visually impaired people. Right. Uh, I tend only to use things. I mean, I, I find it incredibly useful for reading newspapers um, because that's always been a problem. Mm. So if I'm on a train now, I can just read read a paper uh, or I can actually now um, upload 
So if I'm going to a board meeting or something, I can download all of the board papers onto it. Right. And just refresh my memory on the way into the train. Right. Uh, and a lot of the tools uh, you would use every day, I can use. Um, but not all of them. Some apps aren't designed very well, so you can't use them yes. because of the way they're designed. So we've got Tech Talk is one. We've got, we'll put together the sort of Apple uh, culture which is apps and and phone mm. iphone and ipads and so on which clearly mm. you use in a whole variety of ways as i'm sure other sight impaired people do what about from a personal point of view a third thing something that you personally use that you find really well again it's part of the talking stuff and that's my talking microwave your talking microwave I know, it's very patronising. You open the door and it says, door is now open. But yeah, I know, I've just opened it. Um, but yeah, so you can actually, I mean, most microwaves are, well, most modern kit is touchscreen. Yes. And it's a nightmare. Um, so everything from, you know, room thermostats to washing machines to ovens all rely on digital screens or touchscreens or a combination of those things. Yes. And that would be true of, of microwaves. Um, so, yeah, I've got a, a microwave that enables me to sort of do everything that you could do in a microwave, but it gives me speech output. That's very, I mean, it's very, in some ways, topical because um, RIDC have been doing some work around um, touchscreens on domestic appliances, you know, washing machines, tumble mm. dryers, and so on. And so many uh, people have raised what you've just raised. So... A talking microwave. I mean, is that connected in any way to the other stuff that we can routinely get now, which is the sort of Amazon Echo uh, thing where you tell... No, no, it's not connected. It's. I mean, they've been around for years, um, and they're commercially available. It's not a special... I mean, you can buy them through the RNIB, but actually, um, you know, you can buy them commercially. Um, and... They, they, um, I think I probably bought the first one about 15, 20 years ago. They're quite expensive compared to a standard microwave. Well, there's a surprise because um, it's got the word blind or disability in front of it, has it? Well, yeah. <laughs> Microwaves generally are yeah. not very expensive. Yeah. yeah. But what, what you find is that um, some of this stuff is really helpful. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, something that's just, it just triggered in my mind. One of the new apps, one of the new generation of apps that people may not be aware of yet and I think this could be the ultimate game changer if you're blind. Right. Um, they've just started piloting this in America. So using a version of, you know what, um, real time uh, is on your phone. Yeah. There's an app now that utilizes your camera mm -hmm. and links you through to a remote call center. Yeah. So you use your camera and the call centre talks you through where you are or what you're trying to do. So it's a real human being on the end of the phone. A real human being. Yeah. So I've read a couple of reports where people have used it and they've gone to a big exhibition and they've used it to navigate their way around to find the stand they want. They don't use it all the time. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you buy time. Right. Uh, and that's pace. You, 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 you then just phone in when you want to use the call centre to give you advice. So it can be anything from getting around to even sort of reading a document that's turned up or helping you set your washing machine. So let me ask, uh, you know, an, a, a fairly, I think it's a silly question, but I'll ask it, which is if a blind person is using their camera 
Um, how are mm. they alerted to what it's actually pointed at or looking at? Is the, well, is they, the operator... You get a running commentary. Oh, you do. So the operator's kind of giving you audible feedback all the time about... So, oh, yeah. So they would That's, say yeah, to you, I, just... I can't see that shelf. If you raise the phone a little higher, I'll be able to see it, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Or you're, you're now approaching the crossing, the, you know, the um, button to control the crossing, you're just approaching it, sense it, push it, right, wait, etc. Right. Right. Now, I think that could be a game changer. It's not over. Some people are using the American one here, right. but of course you've got a time difference, which means it's very limited. Am I right in thinking that they tried something like this with uh, glasses, where they fitted glasses? I mean, the Google glasses was a, a thing about where they were going to put cameras in them and so on. Uh, yeah. Is that because obviously if you're wearing glasses... You don't mm. have to hold your phone or anything. Um, well, I think that's the other... But I think you can do both. Ah, okay. So I think they do... Well, I don't know if they're glasses as such, but there is a version of a clip-on camera. Right. Which you can use. Um, so I think they're still playing with it, at the technology a bit. Any idea uh, of the cost of something like that, Rick? I can't, no, because it's only in America at the moment. Okay. It's an American sort of hourly data rate. And when I looked at it, I did think, well, that's not you know, out of the question, mm -hmm. uh, given that that's what you get things like PIP for. Yes. Uh, if you get PIP, obviously. <laughs> yes. um, but I think that it, I, I do see this new technology as being a major breakthrough for people who can use it, but not everyone will be able to use it, obviously. No. And I'm guessing uh, some people won't be able to afford it. You know, we mustn't forget that there are lots of people with sight impairments, of course, who are not... Um, well just you know well well off yeah there are versions of those types of apps that are free mm -hmm. uh, they're run by volunteers oh, okay. um there's one called be my eyes which i've used a few times right um where you simply phone where you use the app to connect to certain, and a volunteer looks through your phone and says what you're looking at i once spectacularly used it when i i came home one night to hear a terrible noise in my lounge, my wife was away. Mm. I had absolutely no idea what it was. It sounded like a trapped seagull or something. <laughs> so I um, I used it to find out what it was. It turned out to be next door's cat who got trapped behind a chair. And it was quite entertaining having a conversation with a very straight-faced chap from Germany who was telling me in a very German accent that I had an orange cat trapped behind my... An orange cat? <laughs> yeah, apparently it was an orange cat. Mm. So they're good on detail then, these people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they must have had a very good picture to be able to work out yes. you know, what it was. Yes. But it was very useful. Um, and does the camera, I've never thought about this, I suppose in the dark. I suppose it's seeing, it's, well, the I, lenses aren't bad these days, it's seeing whatever it's... Well, I don't know, I'd probably put the light on to be honest, Phil, because <laughs> I do, but I mean... <laughs> oh, brilliant, I walked into that, didn't I? Fantastic. Yeah. Yes, of course you yeah. did, Rick, you turned the light on, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, so I mean, those gadgets have made a huge amount of difference, but there are still some gadgets that you rely on that don't involve those sorts of technologies. Yeah, and they're very old and traditional. Long canes come to mind. Well, long canes. Um, some of the more tactile things. Mm -hmm. um, I still use a tactile measuring jug in the kitchen. Right. Uh, I use. Um, I've managed to set up my central heating by using uh, I, I 
bought one that you could actually use mechanically, but harder to get now. And then I just had to label bits of it. Do you use? Um, um, I remember blind chap I knew once used Dymo tape a lot. You know the tape with little yeah. Bumps you on can. It. I don't. Yeah, I've got a Dymo tape machine that produces braille. I don't know if you can still buy them. Oh, okay. um, it was. Um, I got this from from the RNIB. I think many years ago. The it's a standard Dymo machine, and you just pop out the the circular thing you turn around. Everyone listening to this now, Phil, you do realise things. What are these two old men talking about? Um, well, but some the, of these things, if they're still available, they do serve a purpose, and they're very inexpensive, aren't they? That's what's good yeah. about them. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't dif- I don't dispute the fact that it is two old men talking about it, yeah. <laughs> and gadgets like tactile watches. Yes. You know, I mean... I would never want to use the talking watch. You can buy them. They're very popular. Mm. But I don't see how you could be sort of in a professional sitting and use one of those yeah. or anything else. Yes. You know? They're a bit so, intrusive. Well, but, and embarrassing, of course. So a tactile watch, you know, they've been around for 100 years plus. Um, and they're still very, very good. And they're quite cheap now. They're not very stylish, most of them, but... Yeah, they're still very functional. I suppose, <clears throat> taking your point, but being serious about it, the fact that we are uh, older than some of the people listening to us, uh, the Apple Watch and that kind of thing, from a blind person's point of view? Yeah, I've never, I mean, I've read reports on them. and It's not really the sort of thing I'm that interested no. in, to be honest. But I think that um, it's only another way of delivering what you can do through the phone. Yes. It doesn't, as far as I understand it, it doesn't give you anything extra, no, although no. it can, I'm, I'm told it can do bio measurements and stuff. So I suppose the phone can, you can use your phone as an alarm and you could put an earpiece in so no one else could hear it, but you could, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay, Rick, Absolutely. well, I think... um, I'm going to draw this to a close. Um, right. What I would propose doing with your agreement is to put your um, contact details up on on the show notes and, of course, I'll... I'll um, provide information on the various bits and pieces you've talked about so that people can look for Which phone number are you going to use, do you Entirely think? up to you, uh, <laughs> listeners. He's being unkind. <laughs> I had a trouble ringing him earlier because I kept dialing the wrong numbers. <laughs> it's a little in-joke from Mr. Williams. Um, Sorry. But we... <laughs> That's all right, I can edit it out anyway. Uh, but I will make sure that um, those listening get the information because some of the things you've been talking about, Rick, are clearly very important and and will prove, I'm sure, useful to people who want to give things yeah, a bit of a happy, go. happy to do that, Phil. Thank clearly. you very much. Well, great. Thanks a lot, Rick. It's been a, an absolute Okay, joy. you take care. You too. Take Cheers care. Now. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're a disabled person and want to appear on the show so that you can share your thoughts and ideas about the gear, gadgets and gizmos you use, please drop me a line. My email address is brinkburn at gmail.com or you can call Chris Lofthouse at RIDC on 020-7427-2460. And thank you once again for listening.